0: Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics.
1: Here's your host, Todd Citron. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Dear Lord, I just ask today that the Holy Spirit guides me
0: in what I say, that I do not put you to shame. Uh, I wish not to uh, say anything that You wish not to come from my heart as a believer in you, Lord Jesus. And I pray that whatever I say might inspire other people to follow you, Lord Jesus, and fulfillment of whatever their goal in life is, whether it be their purpose that you give to them so that they may lead a good life
1: and lead others to you. We ask this in the name of your your Son, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. You're listening to Cajun Catholics. I'm your host, Todd Citron. Excited today to have a a childhood friend known a very long time, uh, Lafayette attorney uh, and Lafayette native Grady J. Abraham. Welcome to the show, Grady.
0: Well, thank you. I'm really uh, grateful to be here.
1: All right. We've been trying to put this together for a while. I always knew, you know, Grady was going to be on the show. Actually, we've been on the air probably three years now, but you've always been on my mind. And I know uh, I'll let you just tell your story. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
0: Well I was uh, born and raised in uh, Lafayette, Louisiana. My, my father was Lebanese. He uh, he was born in Lake Charles. My grandparents immigrated from Lebanon and my father was the youngest of eight. My mother was from Kaplan, so it was a good mix. We had Lebanese and we had French-German. My grandmother was a Sheck uh, She was a devout Catholic along with my grandmother and they would say the rosary daily. I went to St. Genevieve. I went to Cathedral, actually, up until the third grade. I went to St. Genevieve after that from the fourth yeah. uh, until we got And to t- I think we're the same age. We are. Yeah, we used yeah. to compete against uh, each other. I remember. Other. Met uh, you in fifth grade, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, completed my high school at Turlings. Uh, we were great rivals with Cathedral and then yeah. soon-to-be St. Thomas More. Basically, I went to law school. Uh, after getting my undergrad, and I've been practicing in Lafayette for 25 years.
1: Nice. You know, so Cathedral, we did win the fifth grade city championship, <laughs> you know, as a note. <laughs> <laughs> and I do remember Grady. Turling's uh, St. Jim had a tournament. It seems like every every weekend when we started playing ball in fifth and sixth grade, and so we were always at the oh, at nice. the Turling's gym, you know. But I, I remembered you from a very young age, and uh, and again, um, something else we have a lot in common. But Corsia and I always kind of wondered, like, how did you end up making Corsia? Tell us that story.
0: Well, you know. Growing up, you remember the Jeramis. Mr. Jeremy sure. was one of the first ones to go to Garcia. My father was uh, soon after that. I think back in those days it was Father Fidelis. And yeah. My father was close to Father Fry. He was very close to Father Calle, who I was his first altar boy at St. Genevieve. Wow. You know, we were always around Catholic faith, around the priest. Uh, we always tried to. To do things with them on a personal basis, and even my father would always help out at the uh, Carmelite Monastery.
1: Nice, you know.
0: Uh, he, if you see these uh, these nuns sometimes riding these riding lawnmowers, my father <laughs> would get uh. out there. <laughs>
1: Well, so you, you know, you mentioned that you, your family's Lebanese, but you know, the show is called Cajun Catholic. Do you consider yourself a Cajun Catholic?
0: I, I do, and yeah. uh, we were grow, we grew up in the Catholic uh, faith since childhood. So we've been, you know, like I said, Saint Genevieve. Uh, right now, we're attending Saint Mary because we uh, live off of Gerard Park Drive. Okay. My wife and I and my children. We 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 make it every Sunday, and we try to do other things in regards to that. You know,
1: contributing and
0: trying to help other people. Find their way to, to Jesus. You know?
1: So I, I Googled you just to get a little information. Although you and I are friends, uh, but I noticed that your your middle uh, Grady J is Joseph. Is uh, mm-hmm. uh, any any a special devotion to Saint Joseph? Mm-hmm. You know, I would tell you that I
0: have a special affection for St. Francis okay. and St. Benedict. And I don't know why. I, I, I actually built a chapel in the upstairs of my law office and uh, spent a lot of time and effort recreating somewhat of St. Francis's, the Persucula in Italy. And it's it's a beautiful little quaint area. And I think it was because my sister, who passed when she was 23, Uh, was in Rome and she was a big St. Francis guy Mm. and uh, I don't know I just felt like it was the right thing to do.
1: Yeah and I know you and I read anyway I saw your video that you have a great love of art tell us about some of your art collection.
0: I have I have quite a few bronzes from the 1867 area uh, the Barbara Dan foundry in Paris I've collected art from Israel acrylic art I've corrected local art from uh, some individuals from Lake Charles who do glass and iron work uh, I've just always been appreciative of
1: art. Do you God, have a favorite piece? <laughs>
0: you know, there are two pieces that I became friends when I was in Israel with the uh, this uh, Jewish artist. And he makes things out of acrylic. And one is called the burning bush, which uh, looks to be like a flame. And you can turn it. And That's it's, pretty it's the, cool. And the other one is called Adam and Eve. And it represents the... Uh, rib taken from Adam's body wow uh, to create Eve and it, it looks like a serpent in the garden so it's it's they just I don't know why like maybe because it came from the holiest spot on earth and yeah. uh, I was able to visit those areas and and see where Christ was crucified and walk those grounds and he yeah. walked
1: I think you, uh, and I'll speak for Anna, Katie, Anna, you're, you're, you're on TV a lot. People know who you are, your personality. You're at Reds a lot. And I know you're out and about a lot. And I don't think a lot of people maybe know, you know, really, who is Grady Abraham. And, and I know, I knew I know enough to know you have a very deep faith. And obviously that shows up in your life all over the place. But, you know, where does that come from, I guess? And more importantly, like, how has that changed over time?
0: Well, I think for a lot of people, when you're younger, You know, like I remember I was reflecting on this growing up, going to St. Genevieve, going to Turlings, going to St. Genevieve Church. I remember going through the motions, like always hearing the repetition of the masses and not really, you know, it's not coming full circle for me. I always felt that Jesus led me. I've always spoken to him. I've communicated with him on a daily basis, made a lot of mistakes like a lot of young people do. Uh, early on in their lives until they settle down and they start realizing you know you know what am i doing here and you you try to try to come to grips with the fact that we're all sinners we've all made mistakes but that god's grace is is remarkable and i made my christia father ted you know what a great guy and he's such a passionate priest and he, cha- you know, he really works hard. He's so dedicated at bringing people to Christ. But, you know, Chrizia for me was a really, a really great uh, experience. I mean, I remember coming home after Chrizia and just sitting on the couch in peace. Mm. And peace is something that people, with today's technology on their cell phones, with the busyness of uh, everyday life, peace is something that people are really missing out on.
1: Yeah, you know, even just being in this booth, you know, we talked about it in my office about, you know, going away uh, to J.H. Ranch, I believe you said. And, and, and Loved I've, it. I've gone on mission trips, and, and and when you're able to turn that phone off uh, like we can today for 30 minutes, you know, and it's just, it is, it's so peaceful. And for me, same thing, Grady, on Garcia, you know. I, one thing that I'll say, and, you know, it's a bold statement, but death for me was never an issue. Like, it, it, I, I became fearless of death after Garcia for me. Yeah. You know, um, not in a way that I would be brag, brag about, but in, in a good Absolutely. way. Absolutely. Yeah,
0: well, way. you know, Paul said, I fought the good fight. I mean, he couldn't wait to get out of here. Uh, you know, he had done everything in his power, and I think he had to live with that burden that, you know, he said— uh, you know, take this pain from my side. And and uh, he said, my grace is sufficient. Yeah. And, you know, you think about that. I think it was because he thought when he was trained by the Jews to be a Jewish authority, uh, he was trained by rabb- rabbinical uh, rabbis. He basically was well-educated, and he thought he was following God's will. And when he found out he wasn't, you know, he had to live with the pain that he had you know, he had killed many of the people that were his brothers and sisters in Christ. And it just took that understanding, his his eyes to be opened to realize what was important. And once he did, I, I just believe he was fearless. He was dedicated. and He worked as hard as he could to rectify, to, to, to show Christ that he loved him and that he was sorry. And, you know... And he was ready to go. He was. He knew what the better place was.
1: We have these deep connections to Chrissa on in our families. Um, my uncle and my mother, and and your, and your parents, and maybe beyond that, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is for me. This is just me. I don't know. You know that I know that my mother had some supernatural experiences. My uncle as well, at, out in Prairie Roan. and and I know I did. And uh, and it's and. You know, you can take that two ways. You can say, "Oh, well, you don't hang your hat on those supernatural moments." You know, you kind of take them and you take them for what they mean in your life, and you move forward with them. And like you said, bring people, bring more people to Christ. But share some of those supernatural experiences in your life.
0: Well, okay, Uh, I have had some really incredible experiences. Uh, You know, we've all had, and each one of us has had obstacles in our lives. We've had highs and lows. It's the people, that, it's the choices that we make that determine what's going to happen to us. And what I mean by choice is, you know, if you follow Jesus, then you're going to follow the commandments. And if you follow the commandments, only, you will only prosper. You may not make a million dollars. You may not hit the lottery. But what you will hit, what you will receive from the Holy Spirit are those beautiful fruits that he gives us. You know, joy, peace kindness, goodness, self-control, long-suffering, you know, those those things are things that only the Holy Spirit can give us. And we had this conversation. It's, you know, peace is amazing. You know, but that doesn't mean happiness. That doesn't mean, you know, happiness is temporary. Peace is eternal. So you could be going through the worst part of your day, but you can still have peace with yourself. You know, you can still be peaceful inside. You know, the when you try not to sin, when you try to do the right thing and follow his laws and his commandments, and you try to love Jesus, as you say, with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, and love one another as he has loved us, if you just strive for that, then each day you become better.
1: And it's a fight, right? I mean, it's every day. Well,
0: <laughs> well, think about it. It's, uh, the spirit The spirit is, is strong and the, and the flesh is weak. The battleground is the mind. So each one of us, we struggle daily to keep the fire alive. Sometimes you're on fire. The hardest thing in life is when you're not. And then you're just, you're having to use the will of your mind and your heart to do what you should have been doing. You know, that's why marriages are tough. That's why life is tough. Because not everything is your feelings. You know, feelings. Mother Teresa, I think always had a problem she felt distanced for a long time and people i hate to say i haven't read the whole book but i've heard stories that she felt separated from god and let's face it isn't that what hell is going to be like Mm. separation from our creator from the one that truly loves us that gave us everything and how do we repay them how do we repay him and his son for coming to save our lives
1: yeah Want to remind our listeners, you're listening to Cajun Catholics. Today's guest is Grady J. Abraham. He is a personal injury attorney and lifetime a native of Lafayette. Deeply faithful guy, longtime friend, and a, a good, a great soldier for Christ. And happy to have him on the show today. Uh, share some more, Grady. You know, I know you've been well, through some trials in your life. Well, let me. I'm going
0: to divert to tell you a story okay. about my mother-in-law. Uh, before my wife and I uh, were married we were dating she, her mother was diagnosed with a rare neuroendocrine cancer at this time it was before my wife had made her kursia i had made mine i'd called father ted up father ted <laughs> said let's get your wife let's get your uh, your wife to kursia it, it just all seemed to happen at one time i called father kale up and i was telling father kale just on a whim i'd visited him visited him at his home and he uh told him about her having cancer he says why don't we go to why don't we go to Charlene's gravesite so I was like well you know what that's a great idea she had been struggling with cancer got diagnosed had taken some radiation she felt at first that she had had the cancer she was bloating and had these symptoms and she just knew she was sick well about a week before uh, she was going to MD Anderson to get her follow-up to get the test results from uh from her chemo, she was bloating again. So she told her daughter, "I know I have it again. I know it's. Uh, I know it doesn't. It's not going to look good." We were told by we were told by MD Anderson that it was such a rare cancer. It was in her lymph nodes and in her mm. all the areas that were just. It didn't seem like there would be any hope. So Father Kale and I and my mother-in-law and my wife, we decided we were going to, I got them to agree to go to the gravesite. We met at Father Kale's house. It was a torrential thunderstorm. Mm-hmm. But I knew that if we didn't go, that the Monday would come and we wouldn't be able to go and ask for intercession and, you know, just ask for some help. Um we ended up driving up there. It looked like the roads were going to flood. And, you know, have you you've been to yeah, the grave oh site. Yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah. It was, when I tell you, the wind was blowing. It looked like a hurricane. And mm-hmm. the minute we drove up, and Father Kale can attest to this, I'm telling you the second, the skies open, the rain stopped. In fact, it was raining so hard when we got out of the vehicle, even though it had stopped, the trees were still just, water was just pouring mm-hmm. off of it. We walked up to the grave site uh father Kale said you know a, a couple of prayers for Marcel, and asked that uh that charlene we know you have good graces with the father and the son would you please you know ask for intercession to heal Marcel? and just to go a step before this uh, i'd heard the story years ago about uh, an individual rocky whose daughter was diagnosed with a brain tumor and dr mess was the treating physician She was really ill. They brought her to the graveside. He wasn't that spiritual. Yeah, rock Roy worked for Heb City. That's right. And that they brought her out there and that, you know, they said the prayer and they left and she got worse and then she begged to go back. And he was like, look, you didn't get any help. Long story short, they bring her back and she's in the back seat from what I remember from the story and she's sick and ill. And he's upset that he's taking her because she thinks she's too ill. And they get to the gravesite. She goes and she kneels a while and she traces her fingertips in Charlene's tombstone. And then looks at her father and says, Okay, I'm good. And he's like, What do you mean you're good? You don't look good to me. So, next thing you know, they go to the doctor. The doctor runs a a pre op MRI because they're going to do a brain surgery and it's gone. And he writes, you know, letters to the Catholic Church and basically saying there's there's no explainable reason other than a miraculous uh, intervention from from heaven. (laughs) So I remembered that story. And when we got out over there, we said the prayer and we start to leave. And I asked, I said, Marcel, would you do me a favor before we leave? And she said, okay. I said, would you trace Charlene's name in the tombstone? And so she traced it. And my wife and I looked at each other and we said, she's healed. And so she went to Garcia. I picked her up a Thursday night. We drove to Houston because the 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 follow-up meeting with the doctors and when we got into the doctor's office i'm a lawyer first of all so i understand a lot of things that a lot of people don't understand about doctors and when they're reviewing charts so he's looking in the chart and he looks dumbfounded he doesn't say a word at this point my wife and i just look at each other and smile because we know we know she's healed Mm -hmm. doctor goes um Okay, He's flipping through the pages. He goes, uh, all clear here, all clear there. And he looks kind of confused. And he says, all right, I'll see you in six months. And so, well, doctor, is it in recession? And he goes, it's gone. Whoa. It's gone. Now, it's been five or six years now. Six years, probably. It's okay. It's been gone. Not not in recession and where it was located in her body it's impossible wow in fact md anderson there were five doctors there so and they all told her that the chances that this chemo would work because it was so rare Mm -hmm. it's so aggressive that they didn't think that it was possible father khali is aware of the story and uh it's it, it definitely was a miracle. Yeah, bring
1: her in on the canonization. Hey, that's <laughs> something that that uh, they're doing right now. Uh, uh, and, yeah, yeah. And so, how old is Marcel? Marcel is fifty six. Wow, I think. wow, that's amazing. So, I want I want you to get your story, and we have. Um, well, we still have some time left on the show for sure, but I, uh, I, you, you started to tell me this story at Reds, and by the way, it, Grady is an avid exerciser, loves sports, and I do as well, and, and I think it incorporates into our prayer life, but you can tell a little bit of, of how it incorporates into yours.
0: I mean, it's just every day. Yeah, It's, uh, you know, life with Jesus is not on Sundays. I mean, you know, it's it's every day, you get up in the morning and I talk to him a little bit, you're driving down, you, you're working out. Sometimes when I'm... Playing tennis or basketball, I'm just sitting there going, "Okay, Holy Spirit, you know what do I do? Tell me." You know, it's a constant, you know, connection. Yeah, it is. It's every day. Like, think about it as your best friend. You could spend your whole life with your best friend and and never get enough of them. You can always talk. You call them five (laughs) times a day. You're going to lunch. Doesn't Jesus require more than that? I mean, shouldn't we spend more time with Him than we do with our best friend? I mean, (laughs) I love that. (laughs) That's the way I look at it.
1: I do a lot of praying at Reds too. Oh Lord. Yeah. And for me, you know, Grady, it's like, okay, I'm saying my rosary or whatever. I'm praying a lot. And then I I finally, I'll say, Hey, shut up and let, let him speak to you. So, you know, that's kind of my deal. So just
0: to give you, there were, it would take uh, a full hour to tell you all of the miracles, but I'll give you, um, I'll give you one specific miracle and my wife can attest to this and, uh, people who know me go oh that's Grady. he's always talking this and that you know but my wife is so quiet and uh you know she for her to speak out or tell you something then you can book it so there was a time when uh my wife and I were courting and uh you know we had some ups and downs and she was uh you know she wasn't sure if I was a guy she wanted to spend her life with or if you know if it would be somebody else and to be, to be candid, I got an annulment on my first marriage. I had three beautiful children uh, with my first wife. But when I got my annulment, it's just been an incredible experience with Danielle. And, uh, you know, I'm so appreciative to have her in my life. But during the course of that time frame, uh, there was a lot of things that were going on. I, I did a 40-day fast, and I, and I tried to pray. And during that time was probably the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. I think I lost 30 pounds in 40 wow. days. Uh, But at the same time, it's true what they say about pain is the gift that no one wants. You know, if you're not suffering, if you're not putting yourself through discomfort, then it's hard to get stronger. And that that includes anything. You know, if you're working out, if you don't push your body to the limit, then you're not going to get stronger. You're not going to get better. And the same thing with our faith. If you're not pushing yourself in discomfort, like a person needs you to help them and they're, they're, in a, they're in a dire situation. You know, Jesus said, you know, oh, poor thing, you don't have any clothes. I hope you can find some. <laughs> you know, poor thing, oh, you're going to lose this tomorrow. Well, good luck. You know, that's not with being a, a, a true Christian yeah, I'm going to pray
1: for you, right? Yeah, I'll pray for you.
0: Pray for you. Well, that's, you know, no, we're called to do more. We're called to discomfort ourselves, to give of ourselves. You know, give your, <laughs> you got to lose your life to gain your new one and so you have to push yourself and everybody just needs to push to love one another a little bit more because christ loves us so much and we just need to show him that we're going to treat everybody the same and that's why you never should judge people for whatever reason because you know judge someone and you might be judged the same way yeah you know we all we all have our prior sins and we uh we we try to do the best we can in our lives and we hope that that everyone finds Christ.
1: Continue on with your story. I want to hear it. Okay, so
0: uh, I'll give you one, one specific story within the story is that uh, there were a lot of miracles that happened during that fasting period. When the fasting period was over, my wife and I, we, we got together again, okay? And there were many things that Father Ted knew about that I wrote a letter and sealed it before we ever got back to debtor identifying that the Holy Spirit had told me that on this day... Wow. That she would return and that we would be united. And sure enough, on that day, Father Ted had the letter. <laughs> he saw it, it was sealed. But during the process, I was walking with the Holy Spirit in the mornings. He would wake me up in the night. I mean, it was crazy. Walk five steps this way, walk two steps that way. And He was just training me to walk in faith and not so much by sight or the way I felt. And so I went to Texas Roadhouse in the middle of the fast and he was making me walk with him and I was exhausted. I said, so I walked in, it was two o'clock in the afternoon. It was a clear day. Uh, and that's the location, uh, right on the side of Academy, on Ambassador Caffrey. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, is that Texas roadhouse or, uh,
1: Uh, the other state? Oh, that's the other one. That's, um, uh, Longhorn. Longhorn.
0: So I walked into Longhorn Uh, It was about 2 p.m. There was no one in there. I got my food, and I go to take a bite, and the Holy Spirit says, walk with me. Now, this has been going on uh, for 30 days at that point. Anyway, I walk outside. I get in my car. I forgot to walk with him. He says, walk with me again. I said, okay. I get out of my car. I look at the uh, Longhorn Steakhouse. There's a bench on the right side. I go sit on the bench. He says, look at the sky. I look at the sky. He goes, beautiful. Beautiful. I said, yeah. He says, look at the sun, his glaring sun. And he goes, you know how hard that was? And I'm like, wait. <laughs> he has a sense of humor. Of course. At that exact time, a person on a bike, a homeless guy apparently, had just come from nowhere, drove, rode his bike up to me and said, excuse me, sir, might I ask you for a favor? I said, sure. And he, he said, might, might you spare something that I could get something to eat? And so I said, sure. And I pull something out, and he's got a little headpiece in his uh, ear. And he says to me, in the course of me handing him something, he says, I keep this in my ear so I don't have to hear the voices all the time. And I'm like, oh, my God, the guy's mentally ill. Mm. And I said, what voices do you hear? He goes, Jesus. I said, was that a bad thing? He said, no. I said, do you ever hear the Holy Spirit? Sometimes. So then I I ask him the question of his life, and he tells me that I'm from Mississippi. I was a carpenter and mechanic. I live now in Lafayette. I said, where do you live? And he points to Target in the woods. Wow. So he lives in the woods. He has no money. He tells me this story. He had to come over here. He can't find a job. And so the question I ask him in these words are, how did you fall upon such hard times? Now, a homeless person on a bike, you would expect him to say what? I didn't expect for him to say this. He said, whatsoever do you mean in those words? And I was like, well, I reiterate all the things he told me before. And I say, you're homeless. You don't have a place. You don't have a job. You don't have money for food. And I asked him again. I said, how did you fall upon such hard times? And he said to me in these words, whatsoever do you mean? And I said, no problem. Do you mind if I take a picture of you? He says, no. Take a picture. I gave him a $20 bill, and he, he went away. I told my wife, I said, this is an angel. I showed her a picture. Two weeks later, we are driving down College Saloon, and we, we, for some reason, make a U-turn on College Saloon and turn into uh, the drugstore. Long story short, I walk in. My wife recognizes the man. From the picture that I gave him, he had a couple of Twinkies and a milk, couldn't afford to buy it. I pay for it. I said, Go and tell my wife what you told me. We meet with him in the parking lot. My wife is a very cleanly person. She doesn't like, she shook his hand, didn't feel the need to wipe her hand, anything. It was crazy. So we leave the parking lot. We take a ride on Collie Saloon going towards Camellia. He's on his bike under the lit pathway. We are driving. Towards, Camellia. He's going towards Camellia under the lit parkway. You can see 300 yards in each direction. There's no trees. There's no visibility issues. My wife is looking at him while we're side by side. We turn forward for less than two seconds. My wife turns to the right and he's vanished. The bike, him, Aww. everything. My wife's arms. <laughs> 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 they. She. She started crying. Wow. She goes there's no place there's it's impossible for him to have gone anywhere so to this day if you ask my wife uh who was he
1: he was an angel that's awesome Uh, obviously the lord has played a, a a big role in your life and will continue to and i'm just so happy to be your friend grady and thank you for sharing all these wonderful stories and being a guest today been a, been a blessing to me. Well, it's been a blessing to me also. Alright, my man. friend. You've been listening to Cajun Catholics with Grady Abraham today. Again, uh, we challenge you to engage the Cajun Catholic in you. Until next time, God bless.